0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: The darkness of the underground facility seemed to swallow us whole as we descended into its depths. Our team of seasoned Navy SEALs moved in silence, the weight of our mission heavy on our shoulders. The mission was simple on the surface. Infiltrate the abandoned facility, uncover its secrets, and ensure that any potential threat was neutralized. But as we navigated the labyrinthine corridors, I couldn't shake the sense that we were walking into something far more sinister than we had anticipated. The rumors had been haunting us since we received our orders. This facility, hidden in the remote heart of nowhere, was said to be a site of unspeakable horrors. Experiments on human subjects, covert operations that defied all moral boundaries, and a history steeped in darkness. We were here to uncover the truth, to ensure that whatever secrets lay within its walls would never see the light of day. As we moved deeper into the facility, strange occurrences began to unfold. Lights flickered and cast eerie shadows on the walls, seemingly mocking our presence. Distant whispers, too faint to decipher, echoed through the corridors, raising the hairs on the back of my neck. The air grew colder, an unsettling chill that permeated our very bones. Despite the fact that the facility's power had long been extinguished, our rigorous training and steely resolve faltered in the face of these inexplicable events. We were Navy SEALs trained to face danger head on, but this was a danger that eluded our understanding. We pressed on, our steps echoing through the empty hallways. Every corner seemed to hold a hidden secret, every unmarked door, a portal to the unknown. Our skepticism wavered as evidence mounted documents hinting at experiments that twisted the boundaries of ethics, signs of struggles that had taken place decades ago and the sense that we were being watched by eyes that were no longer there. Tensions within the team grew as fear tightened its grip. The Brotherhood we had built over years of training and missions was now fraying at the edges. Each member grappled with their own understanding of what we were encountering. Were these mere tricks of the mind, manifestations of stress and exhaustion? Or was there something more sinister at play, It was during a nightmarish climax that the line between reality and the unexplainable shattered. Objects moved with a mind of their own, shadowy figures materialized only to vanish into thin air, and the distant echoes of voices long past reverberated through the darkness. In the midst of this chaos we confronted a chilling realization. This facility was not just a relic of the past, but a vessel for the tortured souls that had once inhabited it. Our training had prepared us for combat, for facing enemies that could be seen and understood. But now, faced with phenomena that defied all rational explanation, we struggled to reconcile our elite warrior status with the overwhelming presence of the supernatural. Our resolve was tested as never before, each of us forced to confront our deepest fears and doubts. As we finally emerged from the depths of that facility, our faces haggard and our minds haunted. We carried with us a truth that stretched the boundaries of our understanding. We were Navy SEALs, trained to confront danger head on, but nothing could have prepared us for the chilling reality we had faced. The world may never fully comprehend what we encountered in those dark corridors, but for us, the boundary between the natural and the supernatural had forever blurred. I was in North Carolina. "'South Mountain Park. Followed the trail up to the falls and thought I want to go up there. "'So I did. Got to the top of the falls and looked down at the kids playing at the bottom. "'I smiled and continued on and got to the bridge crossing the river. "'I thought I was alone given there was nobody on the trail here. "'Then I heard a yelp. My head yanked about and I saw a man and a woman in the river "'about twenty feet upriver from the bridge.' Woman was trying to get his attention and was pointing at me. Man was lost in the act. After a minute, he finally looked up, yelled, crap and ducked into the water. Like that solved the problem. I continued along the trail and found their clothes and called out You know kids are playing in the water downstream. In the water you two are befouling. Maybe you could be decent and go the F home, and kept up the trail for about half an hour before turning back. Clothes were gone everything but a pair of panties and a broken watch took a stick and knocked both away from the trail made my way back down and got to the head of the trail and saw them again they were speaking to a park ranger after a few moments they ran off to a beat up car i asked the ranger if everything was okay he told me the two of them were reporting a man baiting at the top of the falls i sighed and said right I'd like to report those two for having intercourse in the river above the fall and told them where to find the clothes they had left. Doubt anything happened but still think about it as the trashiest thing I've experienced on a hiking trail. We were hiking in Rocky Mountains National Park and came to a small creek crossing that was just above a 30 feet waterfall. There was a family playing in the creek way close to the waterfall. I said something like, boy, that waterfall is pretty, but they didn't seem to care they were ten feet from falling down a waterfall. We walked upstream and made our crossing and then heard a big scream and yell. I went back and saw that the father had somehow lodged his leg under a huge rock. He was panicking because he was half submerged underwater and the current was pushing him towards the waterfall. I politely told his kids to get out of the water and three of us dislodged the leg and dragged him out of the water. I told him to remove his shoe because swelling was occurring, but he wouldn't listen. He got mad and told us not to touch him. So we let him be and continued on our trip. I was hiking alongside a steep drop-off up switchbacks. A couple comes around the corner with a leash dog. Somehow she trips dog leash in hand and goes over the side. Her guy literally jumps off after her. Superman-style, minus the flying capability. The only thing that didn't go over was the dog who was pushing against the edge of the trail to not go down too. The couple was luckily on brush, about five feet below the edge, but every try to get up broke roots, and they kept getting lower. With others on the trail we got the dog safe, then used our bodies as leverage, hiking poles, and calm reasoning to get them back over the edge on trail. All was well, but that damn dog was the smartest of the three for sure, and while valiant by the guy, it was the stupidest move I've seen to save a lady. Years ago, a friend and I got started very early in the morning during a very hot summer to hike a local 11,000 peak. We got lost towards the top as the trails were less clear and decided to come back down made it to be bottom by maybe 3 p.m., Towards the bottom we ran into these two young men in their early twenties who were just starting out. They each had a water bottle and insubstantial footwear like Chaco's or Tevas or something similar for this very difficult height. They asked us if there was water on the trail which we said was minimal, and they went on their way. In any case, on the news a day or two later, I recognized them. That had inadequate lighting, and one of them fell off the side of the mountain and died of his injuries. I think of them often, whenever I hear of someone being rescued or killed, while hiking. Sad. I was walking down a path to the entrance to the woods. As I was about to enter, I could see a flashlight walking down a path in the woods coming towards me, appearing to be scouting the area for something. I decided to wait near the entrance until they passed which is still a few hundred yards from civilization or any light at all. As they got closer, I could make out a male voice talking to someone. Over my very loud music, I assumed he was on the phone. Nothing too odd. However, as I expected him to walk past me, he did not. He stood around four feet to the side of me. It was really dark, so he was just a silhouette, but I could see he had a massive F off German Shepherd on a leash. He's still noticeably talking, but it didn't seem like he was trying to get my attention. At this point, I turn away and start walking towards the woods when I can clearly hear him shouting something. That is when I pull one earphone out of my ear and hear something to the effect of it's the police. Take your earphones out and stop walking away. Realizing that he was, in fact, shouting at me the entire time, I turn around and say, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And all that jazz. He asks for my name, what I'm doing there. And how long I had been there. I tell him. Then he says, Well, I'm looking for someone, and clearly you're not them. Have you seen a girl around here? To which I reply that no. I hadn't. And then he walks off back into the woods. That is the end of that story. I walked away and went home. Not the creepiest. I know, but I am left with questions. Why was he looking for a girl in the dark, alone, at that time? And also, if he were looking for an armed criminal. Appearing to ignore him and walking away could have ended very badly for me. I'm thankful he didn't lose his cool. That is, if he was even a cop. He did say he was, but I never saw his uniform as it was so dark. I have not yet seen anything on the news. I just hope the girl is okay, whatever happened." driving home from Kingman, Arizona, after grocery shopping, a silver Monterey-shaped creature or craft with a glowing neon green cockpit with green and blue exhaust flames coming out of the tail end instantly appeared over my car windshield about five to six feet in the air. It was as if it was watching over me while driving in the darkness on my dirt road for a couple of minutes until I reached my house. The craft seemed to undulate like a living being. Then it just disappeared into the clear dark night. I have seen various objects flying around my house and found several burned-up bushes from exhausted flames. I've been trying to find someone to report the sightings to since they were occurring nightly. I told my brother Jack and my daughter about it. My brother Jack thought I was seeing things until I showed him the images from my security cameras outside. My daughter told me to contact you. I started staying with friends and family and not at home alone would really like for someone to please come there and investigate these numerous sightings. My brother finally believed me when he was visiting one weekend, helping me fix barbed wire fencing around the house. He saw for himself strange objects flying over us in the night. They were also witnessed by his girlfriend who was helping us. There was a formation of lights which I thought was a squadron of military planes, but there was no sound and then they flew out of sight instantly. We have more details, but too much to explain in this report. Due to the fact this has been ongoing for almost a year, I would like to know what is going on around my house. I had just enlisted in the Forest Service in 2006 and was working in the Algonquin Park for the summertime. I never understood why they paid me as little as they did for all the things I had to deal with. To give you some more context, the Algonquin Park is this massive wildlife preserve full of moose, black bears, elk, etc. This is why it makes it such an excellent tourist trap. We're always finding weird things too, like tracks and scat, which is pretty normal. But not when you find human-looking scat and four times the size. That's when things begin to get very unnerving. In fact, I had several people on a trail, a very popular trail, which name and route I won't mention, but they had reported seeing very large piles of human scat along the side. After being disgusted, thinking somebody could not wait to find the bathroom, or was just simply going in the great outdoors, far too close to a road that people travel, after inspection, this was far larger than any human could produce. Also around the scat pile were these massive footprints that were evidently from a bipedal being. Nearby these prints are large blackberry bushes, meaning that whatever was around here was probably eating berries and doing its business. I never thought Bigfoot was a possibility, but the more and more I see this kind of stuff, the more evidence I'm exposed to, the more I'm becoming a believer. I should say... Raised by hunters, so I know enough, but I've only ever been unsuccessfully deer hunting. My family had a cabin up in the mountain range near San Jose, Mount Hamilton, and we would go up every summer and winter for a few days. And it's far out 27 miles on asphalt and 9 miles on a dirt road, no electricity and no cell service unless you were on the asphalt road, so pretty far out. We had a couple of creepy places around the cabin. One was snake rock, which admittedly wasn't that weird. It was just absolutely infested with snakes. Hundreds of them, no other creatures around, and you always felt weird around it. Another was the Winoviches shack, which was this even farther shack from us that the family had moved out to get away from society, and they supposedly died out in the cabin when I was roughly sixteen or seventeen old enough to go on the trail alone, so long as I had a rifle with me. I rode our ATV to the cabin and I always was skeeved out in that place. The shack was always louder inside than out like an absolute cacophony of noise. But I'll never forget checking it out and finding a shredded carcass of something in on the table. Look. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. like maybe a raccoon or skunk gutted flies everywhere maybe a few days old and my heart starts pounding in my chest i could hear my blood pressure in my ears sound like rushing water because the cabin may be old but it's got what i would consider animal proof entryways except for small rodents and maybe larger vermin but I hopped on the ATV and noped so hard, and I got the sensation to stop up ahead, like just a second to stop and listen with the ATV off about 100 yards from the cabin. And as soon as I stop, I realize that it's dead silent. No birds, no squirrels, nothing. I could feel my hair stand up, and I was like, Nope, with this M gone, I've never rode that ATV so fast. I got back to the cabin, and my grandfather asked me if I was okay, and I explained what I saw and I had never seen him so concerned. We ended up deciding to cut the trip short and head out, and when we came back a few weeks later, we both went to the cabin and whatever was on the table was gone. It just left a huge pool of blood and fur. Me and my friend were bone hunting. I live in a very rural place in the Pacific Northwest. We went about a mile off a trail, and we're pretty deep in the woods miles from anyone. "'We were coming down from this hill next to a stream "'and started getting into some thick brushing trees. "'That's when we heard this deep growl. "'We both stopped. "'I was a few yards away from him and was closer to the noise. "'He asked me if I heard it too. "'We both stood still, although I couldn't see. him. well. "'I knew we were both looking in the direction of the sound. "'We didn't see any movement, heard it again. "'It was very creepy, and we have no idea what it was.' I don't know what would be creepier if it was an animal or something paranormal. So I'm going to start this off with some backstory. I was minding my own business alongside my parents in a nice home in northeast Alabama. I'm not sure exactly when this was, but I was around seven in age. Anyways, we're sleeping peacefully. And suddenly we are all three awoken by this absolutely terrible growling sound, almost like that of a bear. This wasn't just a normal sound, though. It sounded like it was on our front porch. And my dad assumes that a black bear has decided to chill on our porch, and he grabs a shotgun, prepared to defend himself if necessary. He holds me and my mother up and goes outside, ready to confront this bear. To his surprise, no bear was outside. He assumes it ran off and tells us we can just go to sleep again since all is fine. He assured us that bearers can't unlock doors like that helped any. Right before we begin falling asleep again, we hear a very distant giggling. This doesn't give off the vibe of a normal giggle, though. It gives off that. Oh, hell, no tone that makes you just want to get out of Dodge. My mother whispers to my dad. What the hell was that? And my dad whispers over to me, was that You? I simply reply, no. Another few moments pass, and we hear a slight yelp. Seemingly closer, but also quieter. We don't think anything of it. At least that's until we hear a woman scream distantly. This once again gets my dad and mother up and alert. My dad once again grabs the shotgun, but this time he doesn't go outside. He even seems scared now. Obviously this worries me. After about thirty seconds. It was kind of just sitting around. Another scream happens, but this time it's directly in our yard, about ten yards away. My dad rushes to turn off the lights and simply whispers, don't say a word. I'm not sure what exactly happened after that, but nothing else seemingly happened that night. I'd assume I dozed off. I'm not sure why this only just now clicked with me, but I now realize this fits the description of a skinwalker really well. It's possible it. Might have all been a misunderstanding by my family, but I simply don't think that be the case, considering my parents recall the same things. I have recently done a lot of research into skinwalkers, and I've rethought this past trauma of mine and made a connection. Sorry for this being drawn out, but I just randomly decided to post this before I forgot any important notes on the event, even though I doubt I'd likely ever forget any of this. Extra note. I'm sure somebody would ask this, so I'm gonna go ahead and answer it. I didn't have nightmares and stuff before the event, other than the usual child nightmare stuff. But I did have a few eerie nightmares directly following the event. One dream I dreamed of being chased down a hallway by some creature. Not sure if it was human or what. Another dream I had my entire family's voices had gone demonically deep, and they all kept saying, don't hide. And the last one I'll point out is a dream where my mother disappeared out of nowhere, like thin air out of the car. All of these I vividly remember and still creep me out to this day. I am posting this for my boyfriend who doesn't ever read it. Last weekend, he went up on a two-mile hike into a small creek to fish in North Carolina. On his way up the mountain... He kept thinking that he saw things in his peripheral vision, looking backwards to see shadowy dark crags in rocks or a shadow falling along the tree bark. The mountain air was crisp and refreshing, at an altitude of over two thousand feet, yet whenever he felt this weird presence he described smelling something like a propane tank up to his nostrils, sulfur and damp stickiness. There was no explanation or reason to smell that in this place he had visited many times before and never smelled this in the area. The whole way up, the unsettling feeling of being watched, maintained, and he just kept chanting, God is with me. I will fear no evil. He swore to me that he felt like something was following him all the way up, maybe too scared to get close, and that he now thought he knew what a demon smelled like. He made it to his fishing spot and returning down the mountain, again saw the unmistakable shadowy movement out of the corner of his eye blend back into the trees behind him. Has anyone ever been alone in the woods and smelt that same smell, or felt any kind of presence like this? I know that there is a lot of folklore around the Appalachian Mountains about haints and things of that sort. I think he wants to figure out what it means and know if he's alone in this experience. The place was called Panthetown Creek. I'm Andy, a forest ranger in Sequoia. My duty was to protect the National Park. So one day I received a tip about illegal activities taking place within a small section of the woods. Specifically, I was informed about a drug lab hidden deep in the heart of the wilderness. Armed with this information, I knew it was my responsibility to investigate and ensure the safety of the park and its visitors. Reading the coordinates scribbled on the note. I decided to scout the location myself before involving the police. It was already night-time when I arrived at the designated area, parking my jeep just outside the woods. The darkness enveloped the surrounding trees, casting long, eerie shadows that danced with every flicker of moonlight. Determined to uncover the truth, I embarked on foot, my flashlight piercing through the darkness ahead. The air was heavy with anticipation as I navigated the unfamiliar terrain relying on my knowledge of the park's trails and my instincts as a ranger. The sounds of nocturnal creatures and rustling leaves served as a haunting soundtrack to my journey. As I pressed forward, my attention was suddenly captured by an unusual green light. It flickered in the distance, drawing me closer with an irresistible curiosity. I cautiously made my way toward it, my heart pounding in my chest. To my astonishment, The source of the light revealed itself to be a figure, a banshee-like apparition or perhaps a young girl with an ethereal presence. Her gaze met mine, and in that moment I felt an eerie connection. I cautiously called out, "'Hello?' But she remained silent, her head turning slowly to face me. Her smile was unsettling, almost satanic in nature, and just like that she vanished before my eyes, leaving me stunned and questioning the reality of what I had witnessed. Shaking off the encounter, I continued my mission to locate the supposed drug lab. However, upon reaching the designated area, I found no trace of any illegal operation. It was as if the information I had received was fake or diversion, much like the mysterious figure in the woods. As I made my way back to my cabin, the events of the night replayed in my mind. What was the meaning behind that unearthly encounter? Had I stumbled upon something beyond the realm of the natural world, or was it simply a trick of the imagination, an illusion born out of the darkness and my own weariness? I had ventured into the vast wilderness of the New Mexico woods, a seasoned hunter in pursuit of elusive prey. My target was the elk. Its noble presence and impressive antlers a testament to the grandeur of nature. With my trusty rifle in hand I scoured the landscape, my keen eyes scanning the horizon for any sign of movement. As I peered through the scope of my rifle a sight greeted me that defied all logic and reason. Amidst the swaying trees and dappled sunlight a figure emerged unlike anything I had ever laid eyes upon. It stood tall and upright a bipedal form that seemed to meld the traits of both man and beast. Its muscular frame was covered in coarse, matted fur that glistened in the dappled light. Its elongated limbs hinted at an unearthly strength, and as my gaze fixated on its hands I could see sharp, claw-like appendages that protruded from its fingers. But it was the face that truly sent shivers cascading down my spine. Its visage was a fusion of primal savagery and eerie intelligence. The creature possessed a snout elongated and filled with menacing teeth that gleamed in the sunlight. Its eyes, burning like orbs of molten amber, seemed to hold a depth of knowledge that transcended human comprehension. I could feel my heart pounding within my chest as I grappled with the sheer impossibility of what lay before me. Every instinct within me screamed to take aim and fire, to eliminate this otherworldly being that stood before me. Yet something deep within my soul told me that it would be wrong, that there was more to this creature than meant the eye. In a state of awe and disbelief, I watched as the creature disappeared into the dense undergrowth, seamlessly blending with the wilderness from which it had emerged. The haunting memory of its presence lingered in the air, as if an ethereal whisper that urged me to question the boundaries of what I believed to be true. That day I did not succeed in capturing the elk that had brought me into these woods. Instead, I left with a far greater treasure, a profound encounter with the unknown. The experience filled my mind with questions and contemplation, challenging the very foundations of my understanding. This happened in Cairns, Australia. It was New Year's Eve back in 2012, me and a few mates. Some were indigenous. We were at my house in Bayview before heading clubbing as we were talking and having a yarn. I asked my bro if we should go for a walk up the hill. My bro agreed and the rest joined. As we were walking up Bayview, there was a mountain path that you can track up. In the forest, mind you, I heard the trees shake as if something was jumping from tree to tree. I asked the boys if they heard it, but they laughed. As we got higher up the mountain path, I saw two black figures, big tank, looking things at the fork of the mountain path. My boy stood frozen and I had cold chills. As we stared at these things, my aboriginal friend said to me, let's run now, but... My islander friend, being a hero, yelled out and said, "My nah, quote, nor fright you. Razy said that these two beings rushed us. They must have been eight or nine. Foot beings.' We bolted down that hill, but we heard the footsteps get closer. As we got to the bottom of the streetlight, we looked back, and those things stood at the end of the mountain path, and we could all see that these beings had large black wings like an eagle and dark orange eyes.' After that, we vowed never to go near the mountain. To this day, I don't know what the heck those things were. One time back in 2008, my daughters and I were heading back to the Diane Res from Sedona, Arizona. We were almost in Del Muerto, Arizona at about 1 a.m. I saw this figure run across the road heading west. You could see right through it. It blended in with the background like Predator, the movie. I just thought you were just tired and seeing things. My oldest was riding shotgun, and she says, Did you see that, Dad? I thought she was sleeping like her sister. My husband and I were on the way back home from Navarre Beach, heading towards the Alabama line. It was storming really bad that night. As soon as we were passing Blackwater Forest, it slacked up a bit. The both saw Bigfoot walking across the road. By the time we were coming up on it, it was almost to the other side. He looked so shocked like a deer in headlights. I asked my husband if he saw the same thing that I did, and he agreed. I couldn't believe that we had seen it. A couple of weeks ago, we got sad news that our older woman friend that had stage 4 cancer passed away. Yesterday, her daughter updated everyone with where they were having all the memorial services at, and one of the places just stunned me. They opened a restaurant, and it's called Bigfoot Crossing, exactly in the area that we had seen it. So now I'm wondering how many more sightings. I mean, it's got to be quite a bit. Now I want to go back and check out the area more.